I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. Colorado Springs has four community centers owned by the city, Deerfield Hills, Westside, Hillside, and Meadows Park. All of these centers provide important and enriching services to their neighborhoods. Things like teen programs, health classes, spray grounds, which are really popular, uh, free and affordable meeting space, senior programming, food pantries. Um, I could go on and on, but most importantly, a place where the community can come together. And it's that last community center, Meadows Park, that's our focus on today's episode of Behind the Springs. The reason is because it's been 40 years since that particular center opened its doors, and the staff has some really great events planned um, to celebrate throughout 2022. And the person leading the charge at Meadows Park Community Center is Brian Cates, who is my guest. Thanks for being here, Brian. Thanks for having me, Jen. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And you have, you are no stranger to service to the city. Tell us how long you've been with the city. Well, we're here to talk about the 40th anniversary of the center. So I want to make it clear. I've not been there for 40 (laughs) years. (laughs) I've been there for a minute or two. You have. um, How many years now? uh, Well, this is my 28th year. Right. So yeah. nothing to shake a stick at. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Thank you. That's really great. Um, so a lot of the years you've been there. Um, and I'm thinking we, to start off, we have some listeners that maybe don't know a lot about our community centers. Um, can you give us an idea of why do they exist? Why are they important? Um, and why should everyone care about them? Because people may be listening and saying, oh, that's nice. You have community centers. That's you know, not something that I utilize, but it really impacts everybody, whether directly or indirectly. Yeah, absolutely. I I think everyone should care about centers and admittedly I'm biased about that. It's my profession, but it's uh, similar to the city or the community that you live in. You may not have kids in school, but you probably want to live in a community that has excellent schools. You may not utilize parks personally, but you'd like to have a community that offers that setting and, and youth sports and whatnot. You may not go to the library and access uh, books and videos there, but you want to live in a place that has that. That's what helps contribute to a vibrant, viable, world-class community. So community centers uh, may not be something that everyone needs, um, but you'd like to have it. And, and especially underserved parts of the community that receive services through the medium of, of community centers, that makes everyone better. The old uh, phrase, the uh, rising tide lifts all boats, I think is apropos for the impact that community centers have on this and any other community. And you've really seen that firsthand. I mean, tell us a little bit about how you came um, to be in your role at Meadows Park Community Center and um, what you love about it. Just a little bit about your journey. Well, I could tell you my journey. I'd, I'd love to also tell you the journey of the center, how yeah. it's evolved. I know uh, you're deflecting from yourself, but you have, <laughs> yeah, I, well, make, I make, I make people. I'm a public servant. I'm not about me. <laughs> I make me. people start with themselves just because I do wonder how people kind of get into um, this level of service. Well, you know, I, I uh, was thinking about that question in advance of the podcast and I never really thought about it in these terms, but I could go back to when I was three years old living in Foxborough, Massachusetts, home of the New England Patriots. Oh, it's too and, bad. And uh, a, a, <laughs> a, a brand new housing development where we were with a, a bunch of young families and young kids like three-year-old me. And um, the, the big TV show at that time, this is 1975, was Happy Days. Yeah. And you got uh, 
Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, the guy in the white T-shirt, leather coat, and the motorcycle. My, my father had a motorcycle, and what he decided to do, we had this circular block, so there were maybe 40 homes, and he made a little flyer, and at every home he said, um, meet Fonz Saturday morning, I think 8 o'clock, something like that, at the uh, end of the street. And behind the development was just dirt fields of yet-to-be-developed area. So he shows up dressed as the Fonz. He's got his leather coat, oh, the white so T-shirt, cool. and yeah. the motorcycle. And he took uh, me and whoever else wanted to go from the neighborhood on the motorcycle into the dirt fields behind and, and gave him free rides. And it was like a neighborhood block party before that really was such a thing. And it brought everyone together. And as a three-year-old, I remember that. And that's similar in a way to, to what I do now. So right. I could go back, you know, most of my life, I guess you could say. You had an example of the importance yeah, of it, for sure. Yeah, role model. That's really great. And so um, give us a little history about Meadows Park. I mean, you've been with them for, for a long time, but what happened 40 years ago that really led to the beginning of this community center? What was the catalyst for it? It, it was uh, really a great and wonderful thing. And, and some could argue it was uh, an example of what not to do uh, to try to get what ended up being now a full-service community center. Uh, to answer that question, it might be easier to tell you what it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't a, uh, a long-term study that, that the city did. It wasn't um, polling community members, uh, much like we do now. We have things like Plan COS mm -hmm. that, that very effectively identifies shortcomings and needs and tries to bridge gaps. This wasn't that. This, this was very much um, the, the community itself activating that community for themselves. It was grassroots all the way. So uh, the story, as I understand it from people who were directly involved, is that um, this is back in the late 70s, that there was a lot of crime. There was a lot of reason to feel like this was not uh, a safe community. It certainly wasn't a fully served community, and there were a lot of people that just wanted more. And I should better. stop you in case people aren't familiar with where the neighborhood is located. Do you mind? Sure. So it's the Stratton Meadows neighborhood. It's approximately three miles south of downtown. Uh, people know Broadmoor and Ivy Wild. That's to the west of Nevada Avenue, South Nevada. If you cross Nevada East, then you're in that area where you're south of downtown you're north of Circle, you're surrounded by I-25, and you've got uh, Nevada Avenue to the west. Okay. There's a little triangle, about 1,600 homes, about 6,000 residents. Okay, and that's you guys right there. The that's us. Yeah, yeah okay. and it was, uh, by and large, formed uh, after it was farmland for the majority of time. Uh, Camp Carson then was starting to run out of room. The war ends, a lot of people return home, young okay. families, um, many starter homes were needed. They, okay. they couldn't just house everyone on base. And because this is pretty close in proximity to Carson, just north, uh, a lot of those homes were actually built out of the Sears catalog, if you can believe it. They wow. disassembled them, and that's why you see they're what they call bungalows sometimes, under 1,000 square feet. They were approximately seven, $8,000. Now they're going for unbelievable amounts, 250,000 plus dollars 
and that's that's maybe another topic the urban right. renewal gentrification that's that's taken place definitely but um to this day it, it's known as one of the youngest oldest neighborhoods in the state of Colorado because some of those 20 somethings from the 1950s are now 80 90 somethings and when the houses turn over, they turn over still to 20-somethings. It's still one of the more affordable places uh, in Colorado Springs. So you have this nice mix of different ages, different backgrounds, huge diversity. That's great. And so, so these people, talking. yeah, so these people got together and just said, this is something we want. This is something we want and need. Very, very informally. There wasn't the HOA president that right, right, declared right. we need something here. There wasn't even an HOA. There were a bunch of uh, blue-collar, take-your-lunch-pill-to-work residents, which still to this day is, is that way. And informally, they gathered, and they said, look, you know, the, we need something more, particularly for our kids and our elderly, mm-hmm. what, what you might call the vulnerable populations. They don't have any place to go when they're not in school, so they're getting in trouble. They're joining gangs. They're vandalizing. Mm-hmm. The, the elders, they're like prisoners in their home. They, they don't feel like they can be out on the streets after dark or something bad might happen. And, and even if it wasn't reality, if that's the perception, that's an issue and it has to be addressed. So the, the short story is that informally residents got together, had their talking points, and much to their credit, instead of pissing and moaning and doing nothing about it, just being angry that nothing is there, they, they came up just like you can do now all these years later. They, they attended city council meetings. Um, they weren't on the agenda, but you know, citizen discussion. They got their name in the books. They had their three minutes at the mic. They said, we don't really know what the solution is, but we think we can identify the problem, and we want to work with you. We don't want to just come up to you with our problems and dump them in your lap. We want to work with you, the city, and, and do something for these kids and these elders and, honestly, the, the morale and the pride that uh, neighborhoods need. And much to the city's credit, they didn't take that lightly, and they didn't know what to do either. Mm-hmm. But a lot of discussions ensued, and, and what it manifested in wasn't a community center, but it was the city identifying some staff that could come out to the area, and they picked the uh, quad area of an affordable housing apartment building that was called Prince Hall Apartments at the time. And the thought was, if we came after school with milk crates, literally milk crates with sports equipment, art supplies, think of popsicle sticks and school glue and these kinds of things. And let's get some activity in the space and the kids can do that and the uh, neighbors can bring their beach chairs and sit and watch the kids engage. And maybe that's something. It's kind of like the Fonz on this motorcycle. A bit like the Fonz on <laughs> the motorcycle. It, it really right. was just, we don't know if this is going to work or Start simple and, yeah, see what yeah. happens. You're saying you need something. This is something. Yeah. It may not be everything, but you got to start somewhere. So they did that. And then as the story goes, two things happen of significance. One, um, late October in Colorado happened. It gets dark. It gets cold. I know. Meeting in the quad for um, an art activity isn't as gratifying as it is in July doing that. So we need a building, yeah. Uh, well, the other part was the city's own zoning commission said you're, you're kind of uh, officially out of compliance. You don't oh. have an official place to do this. You're uh, in violation of, of some kind of zoning law at the time. 
So what they did is they moved uh, across the street. They rented one of the four spaces in what was then the shopping center, and they dumped their milk crates with supplies, and they said, well, take the winter off and uh, resume in the spring maybe, but let's take the winter to, to think about it and see where we want to go. And, and that's where something that no one could have anticipated began to happen. That little space that we just needed a, a physical address to satisfy regulations, a place to store some basic supplies, that became the, the hot place that people around the city wanted. Uh, the police department, they were the very first one saying, you know, we're having some of these neighborhood watch meetings. We're meeting in people's living rooms. We want to get something organized, identify block captains, have people on the beat at night to try to address concerns about crime and safety. Can we use this space? That's a perfect place to meet, have neighborhood watch meetings. It's neutral. It doesn't impose on anybody's house kind of thing. So they started using that space. Then the health department said, you know, we're out on uh, 301 Union at the time by Memorial Park. Right. Now they're up guarding the gods. But at the time, we're over there. We need to reach people in this neighborhood, but they're not coming up to Memorial Park. So there's a disconnect. We would love it if we could use this space. We'll come to them. And sure enough, pretty soon after, WIC, Women, Infant, Children, took up residence in that space. And for the better part of 18 years... From 7.30 to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, they saw people for 18 years straight delivering those services. So wow. the city started to see we might have something here that we didn't really even anticipate. So what they did, still not completely sold and, and bought in, they leased the other three units in the shopping center. Oh, to extend the space. Okay. To extend the space, to make it now about uh, 13,000 square feet. And instead of this little Cracker Jack box mm -hmm. that they had at the end, and made a deal, a sweetheart deal for the property owner that basically said, we'll pay you to be here. We'll be your loan tenant. We'll take up residence in all four spots. We will pay for all of the retrofitting renovation costs if you will allow. And it won't be a stick built, but it'll be a renovated retrofitted community center because we like the location in the middle of Stratton Meadows. It's across from a park. It's on a bus line. It's down the street from a school. It may be a pain in the butt if you're not in the neighborhood weaving your way in, and, and you've taken that right, trip. Right, right. But if you live here, it's perfect. you're three blocks away from mm -hmm. this place, mm -hmm. and you've got play space across the street and, and whatnot. So that's what it turned into, and, and all these years later, it's still there. It's still there. there. Right, mm -hmm. right. And it's worth going to see if you haven't seen it. Which brings me to your awesome kind of, um, you know, event calendar that you have um, that really involves people month by month. There's different opportunities for obviously the neighborhood to get together. But if people outside the neighborhood want to come and check it out, they're welcome to also. Um, and give me a kind of a, you know, a little bit of a taste of what's coming up. I know we can't go through every event, but there's no. so many, but um, really fun things that you have planned to celebrate and kind of mark this milestone. Sure, and, and everything can be found on uh, the city website, coloradosprings.gov backslash meadows. It'll all be there. Okay. Um, we, we like to, to live hard and, and play hard. We're, we're Parks and Rec, so right. any excuse to celebrate, we want to do. And uh, to make it to this landmark 40th anniversary and, and, and 
hopefully coming out on the end of a pandemic where people have largely been unable to celebrate and engage, we really want to just pull out all the stops for this thing. So uh, every single month of the year, starting with next week on the 20th, that's our kickoff event, uh, a chilly dinner and, and the mayor coming, Mayor Southers is going to make some comments. Um, as, as weather improves, we, we move outside. Um, I wrote and this just, down. Uh, just some of the, some of the events are really, I mean, there's everything from yoga to, I know in October you're going to do a pumpkin parade and I know right. the police officers are going to come out for that, which will be really fun with the kids. And then, um, we're, we're going to try to do Arbor Day there as well, yes. right? Celebrate. So, so you're getting some new trees, I assume? Yes. Nice. I narrowed it down to uh, food, family, fun, fitness, and forestry. Perfect. That's like all yes. the events. The good F words. The, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Not the four-letter <laughs> F word. That's good. That's really fun. I'm the, all ages. I mean, this is stuff for all ages. Well, it's community. Yeah. So it's all, it doesn't yeah. matter bring your how whole old. It doesn't matter how talented. It doesn't matter how uh, wealthy. You just bring yourself... And we want to provide a, a good, safe, healthy experience that celebrates, educates, provides, even if it's just a, a temporary uh, uh, distraction from real-world stuff. Whatever it is you're looking for, we're going to try to provide it right. all through the year. That's wonderful. And, I mean, even folks who are not going to make it there for the events, I just I do encourage you, um, coloradosprings.gov slash meadowspark, to check it out um, and just learn a little bit more about our community centers and what they're doing. Um, if you're someone that has time to volunteer, I know that, right, you'll always take some volunteers, donations. Um, we're, we're a lean and mean staff, and right. we don't have the capacity to do everything that – we want to do, and most importantly, the residents that we're there to serve. We, we don't develop what we want them to have. We listen to them, and we try to provide what it is they say they want and need. The more support we have uh, through volunteerism and, and other whatever uh, in-kind donations, whatever you can do to support the effort, the more capacity we have to check all those boxes. Right. So absolutely, if you have a skill, if you have a talent, if you have in-kind stuff if you have money give it to the center 100 percent of it goes right back out uh, in the form of services and programs and opportunities awesome so what do you think um what would you say keeps you you know going for what 28 years i, I uh, guess what do you well, love most about it well i i like that i've had one job but no two days have been the same mm-hmm. and on my walk over here i actually wrote this down because i was walking through the pioneer museum and I stopped at the Nick Venatucci statue. I'm a, a big fan of Venatucci Farm and yes. Nick and Bambi. And the quote that's on that plaque says, uh, this is what Nick was fond of saying, I make my everyday work my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I see it. I uh, get paid to do what I love. It doesn't feel like work. It's difficult. It's tough. And, and these last two years have been brutal to see some of the agony and misery and not be able to... Uh, answer the call fully the way that we like to. Um, but it's always a challenge, and, and the people seem to really appreciate that we're there for them. And um, you get up in the morning, you look in the, the mirror, you feel good about what you've been doing and what you're able to do. And it sounds cliche, but it, it really is an honor to be in a capacity that you can serve and, and hope to persuade and influence a system, a world in a way that uh, does address equity, mm-hmm. diversity, inclusion, and um, 
improve people's lives. And I've, I've been there long enough that it's generational now. The three-year-olds, when I started, are bringing their three-year-olds. And you would just hope that this child would become this adult and, and to see them get, in some cases, full-ride college scholarships. I, I've got stories, but it, right. it works. That's Community the centers work. Yeah, that's wonderful to see. And they're, they're a penny on the dollar investment-wise. Um, Johnny and Susie coming up through our programs, and then if they end up having nothing and they end up in juvie and in jail, and I like to say, in a way, we're good citizen factories. We, we contribute to economic development. Mm -hmm. If they stay in our city, they're in the workforce, and they're getting good-paying jobs, and they're giving back mm -hmm. because they know how government works, and, and they want to be part of their community. If they leave, they say good things about Colorado Springs, and then we put good people elsewhere. Right, right. It's such an investment in our community. It's Absolutely. wonderful. Yeah. 100%. Well, we're grateful to have you. We're lucky to have you here. Thanks for your service. One thing I'd like to say to, to you, Jen, because I don't think enough people say it. I, I remember when you came over to the city, I don't know how many years ago that was, but you came over and I had seen you on, on Channel 5, I think it was, and I said, well, why are you doing this? And, and what you had said to me is that you wanted to humanize government. You wanted to be able to tell the stories because we're not good at it. We're public servants. We don't seek You're the pretty limelight. good. You're pretty good. <laughs> and I want to tell you that you've not only um, reached that goal, but you, you've done something very difficult and you've told so many important stories that otherwise wouldn't see the light of day. And on behalf of everyone that you've done that for, I want to thank you for that including myself here today. No, oh, that's kind of you. Thank you. I hope so. There's so many stories. We have a lot more to tell. It's just never ending. It's never ending. Yeah. It's a, please it's a, keep telling them. I will. It's a great problem to have. So stay tuned to Behind the Springs. This is where you'll hear a lot of them. Um, and I do want to encourage folks to um, follow the City of COS and Meadows Park on Facebook. That's where you'll get updates about the events surrounding the 40th anniversary. Um, but even if you can't attend anything, we really thank you for listening and for trying to understand the important role that community centers play in uh, Colorado Springs. So thanks for listening, and thank you again, Brian. Thank you very much, Jen.